Hi, I'm Matthew. And I'm Johan. And together we host the Roughneck Minute. A Movies by Minute podcast where we dissect the 1997 movie Starship Troopers like an Arcadian sand beetle, one minute at a time. Come join the Roughnecks by searching for the Roughneck Minute on iTunes, or Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. And, and we'll, we'll see you on the bounce, troopers. That's a growler. Welcome back to Beauty and the Beastly Minute, the podcast where we break down and analyze Beauty and the Beast, one romantic waltz at a time. I'm Bobby from Growler Media. And I'm Janae from JanaeHyatt.com. And Janae's back! Yay! Yay! I'm so excited to be back, guys. Did you miss me? Maybe. I'm sure Not really. everyone did. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, nah, we don't miss you. <laughs> we had some, some great guests while you were gone, but you're back. Yay! Yes. I'm really glad to be back. Life got a little crazy for a couple weeks there, but <laughs> it's all settling down. Good deal. And this movie got a little crazy. We got into some uh, some intense stuff. We're at the like peak. Uh, I don't even know what you call that. The climax of the movie, but yes. not really. It's what, it's, the f- the- it's the first climax. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I mean... The faux climax. The fake-out climax. <laughs> definitely one of the, the most memorable moments from the movie. The romantic climax. There you go. Well, there's kind of a second one. I don't know. <laughs> Gosh, Disney. <sighs> it's and if good. you're completely lost, we are talking about minute 62 of Beauty and the Beast, which starts off with Mrs. Potts. She continues to sing the song Beauty and the Beast. She's singing Bittersweet and Strange while we swoop down on Belle and the Beast dancing. And the minute ends with Chip sneaking a peek at Belle and Beast while they are walking onto the balcony. Uh, I went to watch this minute and I was just like, got so excited and happy. And I was just like, oh, it's Beauty and the Beast. Oh, the lyrics. I love yeah. it. Bittersweet and strange, finding you can change, learning you were wrong. Ah, <laughs> ah, golly, I love it. So good. And I mean, Angela's one hit wonder or one take wonder. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on, guys. She did this the very first take and she only did one take of this song. Take that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty impressive, She's especially amazing. live. It's hard to, to record like with a group live. Yeah, because she was recording live with an orchestra. Yeah. <gasps> it's amazing. All <sighs> right. Well, uh, what are your first notes on this minute, Janae? Well, one of the first things I thought about was the digital animation because I paused it a couple times. And it's so funny because whenever I watched this as a kid or even as an adult, I never really thought about, oh, they're using digital animation for mm-hmm. like all of their sweeping scopic shots. But when I paused it, there were a couple times that I was like, oh, I can actually kind of tell a difference in the animation of the back background versus them yeah which was kind of cool and interesting because i hadn't really noticed that before and i just am very impressed and i think it's cool that this was wasn't this the first movie that they used that technology in and they mixed it and Mm -hmm. i just think that's amazing breaking barriers and 
frontiers in animation. So I really liked that. And then I also was thinking a lot about the colors blue and gold. Mm-hmm. Because I, did you talk about this in the last two minutes? There was definitely blue and gold in the last two minutes. And we talked a little bit about them. Uh, Carrie pointed out that those are the traditional like French royalty colors. Yeah. Well, I was kind of wondering, I thought it was interesting, first of all, that of course, they're wearing blue and gold. But mm-hmm. then I also stepped back and realized, okay, almost the whole room that they're dancing in is almost all gold. And then there's a little bit of blue in the floor tiling. And then Mm -hmm. there's the blue drapes way along the top of those pillars. And I was like, that's very interesting that they mirrored the blue that they were wearing in their surroundings. And I did a little bit of research, really speedy. And on borncreative.com, it talks about how the color gold is associated with illumination, love, compassion, courage, passion, magic, and wisdom. Mm. Which I thought were all very interesting because that was Bella primary color and she we have talked a lot in this podcast about how her love and her compassion and how that is affecting the beast and also about her courage to take the place of her father and also how there's so much magic in this castle and so I thought that was interesting and then I also looked up blue blue is represents meanings of depth trust loyalty sincerity confidence And I thought those were all very interesting things in relation to the beast because that's the color he's wearing. And he definitely has gained some depth of character as he has changed and grown. And also he's learned how to trust Belle, someone else from outside Mm -hmm. his world. And he has leaned on the loyalty of his servants and has like increased his sincerity. And I just thought it was really interesting and cool those colors the the meanings behind them and then how they really play into these characters and what's happening so that's one of my first things that i thought about a lot Man, going deep on the colors oh, no. all right <laughs> well i had i mean we talked about it the last few minutes we even talked about it before that but just that this is you know the the epic shot here uh, we talked a little bit about it last minute but this is where we actually get to see the the swooping down shot mm-hmm. of bell and beast dancing with like you said the camera angles the cameras moving around using the the computer graphics but the animation itself the characters that's all james baxter and again it just blows my mind how he was able to visualize them because you got to think how hard it is to draw a person that looks correct and then to animate them moving right and then not just moving but dancing and then not just dancing but you're zooming in on them so they have to be changing in size but you're not just zooming in on them you're zooming in on them from the side and then you're also zooming in on them from above and so and the clothes are moving and his tail is moving and everything's moving oh and gosh. her dress is like swaying with the, I love with it. the dance it's moves. Amazing. It's just incredible. And uh, I was doing some more research into it and I found an interview that Jim Hillen, who is the, um, uh, I forget his title. I think he's the, the supervisor of computer graphics or the director of computer graphics. He was the head, basically CGI guy on this movie. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, you know, how it hadn't really been done before. And he had a lot of cool things to say, but the, the coolest one that I thought or the most interesting 
interesting was he talked about how they had this idea for the floor. If you look at the tile pattern, it's kind of like a, a mesh in the middle. And they decided to do it like that so that the animators could reference, you know, could better draw the characters dancing. So they're like, okay, we're going to put these tiles in the floor and they're going to be three foot by three foot. And that way they could, you know, better pace out the dance in the computer generated world that How they were making. clever. Practicality as well as beauty. Yeah, they built them a little scale. That's very smart. I love it. Pretty awesome. Okay, do you think that instrument in the room is a piano or a harpsichord? That is a grand piano, it probably is a, a twelve grand footer. Piano? Okay, because in the shot that I paused it on, it mm-hmm. looked very long and skinny, which is characteristic of harpsichords. And I was doing a little bit of research about harpsichords, and this is the time of period that it would have been very. I mean, it was in all the music because yeah. the 1700s, I mean, we're switching. We're, we've got the Baroque music, the end of the Baroque in the 1700s, which was going to be like Bach and Mozart. And they used tons of harpsichord. And then mm-hmm. we went into classical and Mozart and Haydn and them. And I think they still used a significant amount of harpsichord, Vivaldi, those people. And so I was kind of wondering if it was a harpsichord, but I guess if it's a piano... Well, I'm not positive on that. I didn't even think like, hey, that might not be a piano. Right. At first I thought, oh, a grand piano. And then I was like, wait a second. It's kind of long and skinny to be a piano. Yeah, it is a little like flat. But the reason I didn't even think about it is because I was reading in the screenplay back when one of the, the, the original version where they had like a music box instead of like chip. And this part talked about how there's the piano and it wasn't really playing its music. And so somebody had to go over and tell the, hey, the music. I think it was Cogsworth had to go over and be like, play music. Okay, in the new movie, in the live movie, I thought it was very interesting that they had one of the guys in the court who was a harpsichordist who played the harpsichord end up turning into a harpsichord when mm-hmm. the curse came on and so that's another thing i guess that i was like oh yeah it makes sense that it would be a harpsichord yeah but i was listening to music and i don't think you can hear a harpsichord in the actual song beauty and the beast right. so i mean not that that means it is or isn't but interesting <laughs> detail i did also do probably too much looking into it but uh i found out that they are doing a waltz Good. i don't know anything about dances but i was like oh, i should probably figure out what it is and it took me longer than probably somebody that knows anything about <laughs> dancing <laughs> so yeah they are waltzing so did you find out what defines a waltz no i just how do you know they did a waltz then i googled a bunch of stuff and uh in one article i read it talked about how they were waltzing <laughs> so they they continued their romantic You're waltz so funny I tried to look up like YouTube videos, but they did not look like this. And I'm sure there are different ways to do it and more flamboyant, you know, ways to do it. And so I couldn't really see anything. They seem to spin a lot more than the waltzes that I was uh, looking at. Like not like spinning together, but like spinning apart from each other and twirling. Okay, here's the definition of a waltz. According to Google, a dance in triple time performed by a couple who has a pair turn rhythmically around and around as they progress around the dance floor. Yes. So is this song in 3-4 or is this 4-4? Because they're dancing to the song, right? I don't know. I don't know what it's in, but um, they're definitely... I'm pretty sure they're, it's 4-4. They're definitely going, turning rhythmically around and around as they progress around the dance floor. So, <laughs> sure. Where's Lauren when we need her? Oh, gosh. 
I didn't even think to look that up. I was too busy thinking about like, okay, <laughs> I did really like how in this minute you can see a change in him. Like from the previous minutes, he's like kind of unsure and he's like a little mm -hmm. awkward and he's excited, but he's still like tentative. And in this minute, you can really see his confidence has gone up. And he, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he had dancing lessons when he was a kid or if he like had him when he was a kid and then he like got a refresher course or if he just learned it while he was a beast in the last like two days but he knows how to lead her in this waltz which is impressive first yeah. of all because it's not easy to lead because if it was i would know a lot more men who knew how to do it and i do <laughs> not but he like is leading her you can tell and i love that and how it just creates this confidence in him and then can we also talk about the moment i feel like the moment where she lays her head on his chest is huge do you feel like mm -hmm. that too yeah yeah is that yeah this is my notes what here. do you you share your thoughts first i just said she cuddles <laughs> him and like it's funny because he's got his shocked face and he's like what <laughs> and just like the size difference of them she trusts him yes. i guess is the feeling that you get from it because i mean she's leaning into him and obviously he wasn't prepared for that but she trusts him she's leaning into him and then he's just so much huger than she is i mean we've seen it before but here she's resting her hand on like half of the top of his finger right and then her other arm is completely like halfway wrapped around his arm i know right okay so the two thoughts that i had in regards to this particularly was one it's a huge deal that she put her head on him because it shows mm -hmm. she is comfortable with him and yeah. i think in real life maybe not in all cases when a woman does that does it mean that she like likes a guy but in this particular setting especially i mean they're like <laughs> on a date like they've had dinner they're dancing it's romantic like it's pretty obvious to me, that's what it means. So that is yeah. a big deal. And then on the note that like he's like massive, I have that same note and I can kind of see her feeling like safe and protected with him because yeah. mm -hmm. they've become friends she trusts him like they're on the same page now and also like if she thinks back to oh my gosh he saved my life with those wolves she probably feels like really protected and safe around him which is very attractive to a woman so i can totally see where she's coming from yeah yeah and back at a uh, second 10 just on his size again and this probably changes a little bit but at, at second 10 there's a frame where Beast is facing us and Belle's facing him. And so we see his right hand is just like completely around <laughs> her back. I know, right? <laughs> like her whole back is gone in his palm. That's amazing. I did want to say on the lyrics of the song here at the very beginning, she says, bittersweet and strange, finding you can change, learning you were wrong. And you you commented on that. But I tried to think of how that applies to them. And so the Beast, he obviously didn't like being wrong. So that's part of the bitterness of it. But then he's glad that he was wrong about Belle because now they're having a relationship and he didn't think that would happen. Right. And, and he's finding it strange that he can change. So bittersweet and strange for him. And then it's bittersweet and strange for her because at least this is what i'm thinking that she's finding it strange that she's wanting to get to know and ultimately loving the beast so that's got to be a strange situation for her right. and then i don't think it's hard for her to as hard for her to be wrong as it is for the beast so that's not so much bitter but for her i think the bittersweet is more that she has given up on the dreams that she once had right. of like adventure right. so all these things that she grew up with for years saying this is what i want in life these are the dreams that i have it's bitter for her to have given those up but it's also sweet because she found something that is ultimately 
infinitely more fulfilling for her. So she's found what she was looking for, but it's not what she was looking for. Oh my gosh, I have goosebumps. <laughs> that is like, <laughs> I love that because that's so true of real life too. Yeah. You know, I feel like lots of people can relate to those situations that you just described so perfectly. I love it. Also, like towards the end here, I don't know what other notes you have, but um, I'm going to skip a couple of mine <laughs> just in interest of time. But I love the visual that we get here at the end with the final twirls that they're doing and the wall. You see like the sconces with the candles lit and the wall is almost completely windows. So you can see mm -hmm. all of the stars in the sky and you can see like yeah. the shrubs out there that have like the moon backlighting them. And I just think mm -hmm. it's so beautiful. And I'm so lucky because I live in the country right now and Anytime I'm dri driving outside, I can see the stars now that I'm not living in Dallas and it's so beautiful. So yeah. I think they did a really good job with that. Yeah, I tried to, I didn't spend too much time on it. I was like looking a little bit and it's like, oh, do I see any constellations that I recognize? <laughs> and as far as I know, they didn't put any actual constellations in here. That would be but... a little tricky. <laughs> <laughs> At the very end of our minute here, when we see them outside again, and we're actually outside with them, we do see, if you look at the sky, you can kind of see like the Milky Way. I love the Milky Way. It's got a little bit of that in there. And it really reminded me, like you were saying, the plants on the balcony when they're outside and before they go outside that you can see through the window. For some reason, it really reminds me of Hercules, like the scene okay, yeah, with right? him and Megara. It kind of reminded me of that too. Yeah. And so I went and watched that part of Hercules and I was like, well, not really, but I guess just the feel of it, like the coloring I and the I feel like maybe the, the shape. Plants of the plants yeah. outside is what it was. And also the pots that they're planted in kind yes. of I feel like had that Greek. I mean, it's French, but it kind of that also made me think of the Greek. Of course, I've been reading a lot about Greeks lately, but <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that too. Okay, also the ma door magically opens. So much magic in this scene, by the way. Okay, and also my other thought was they are totally like have embraced the royal mentality in regards to they are oblivious to literally all the servants watching them. <laughs> I mean, well, not really. They are, but they aren't. Right. Because, I mean, whenever she leans her head in, Beast gets that scared look. And he looks to his buddies. Yeah, he gets a super excited face and he looks over at them and Cogsworth is giving him a, a wink and a thumbs up and Lumiere- Giving him the hurrah uh, or whatever. I, I wondered where that came from. And so I ended up finding out it's either referred to as the, the self-clasping handshakes or the self-clasping squeeze or the victory clasp where you got your two hands together and you kind of shake them up. Ooh, I like that last one. Victory clasp. That's what I would call it. And so apparently it's from boxing, hmm. like they would raise the winner's hand up in the air and kind of shake it. And so if the referee didn't do that, then the boxer would do it. Huh. And so that's kind of where it originated from. And boxing's been around, like official boxing has been around since like, uh, let me see, like the 1681, 1700s-ish oh, cool. is kind of when it became formally uh, a sport. I mean, it, it's been around since the Romans and, and Greeks right, and right. stuff. And it's funny because a lot of what I found was talking about how Reagan, uh, Ronald Reagan would do this when he was president and he kind of did that little <laughs> gesture, just kind of like appreciating the, the crowds, I guess. Interesting. There was a controversy with one of the, the Russian officials that came over in like the 50s or 60s. He was doing it kind of like as a symbol of friendship, but because it's like a victory thing, it was like, oh, oh. the Russians came over here and are like, oh, we're victorious over you or something. Oh, no. I thought that was kind of funny. <gasps> Oopsie daisy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, oh well. Another note I had was I always have loved when Chip jumps down from that tea cart and that little uh-huh. spiral thing like unspirals and lets him like, it like turns into a slide for him. So he doesn't like yeah, break. Have, and then it goes right back into being a spiral. <laughs> This is my note for that. I've always liked how the tea cart thing helps Chip slide down. Are you kidding? I don't know why. That's what you just... That's literally what I just said. Uh, oh my yeah. goodness, that's so funny. Yeah, I don't know why I like that so much, but I've always liked that. And um, he's just so cute. He pops his head back in. His face is just so full of hope for the future and hope for becoming human again and just... Hope for not going to bed, little sneak. Well, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's this awesome little trill, like... Bling-a-ding. Like right when it, the scene switches from Chip to the terrace, mm-hmm. which I like. I don't know why, but what a great night for a stroll. Like so pretty. Yeah. <sighs> That's most of my notes, actually. Such a great scene. It's a great scene. It's full of so many good things and more that we didn't even talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we hit on a lot of stuff the last few minutes. So I'm sure some of the notes that you have are stuff we might have talked about. Right. We, we found some pretty cool stuff. You're going to have to actually go back and oh, listen I to will. the episodes. I will. I was so sad I couldn't do it with y'all, but I'm sure it's fabulous and I can't wait to listen to it. Eagerly anticipate it coming out. <laughs> oh, one note. I think one probably my last one. We've hit on most of mine as well. But what is up with her hairdo? <laughs> what is that? Because it's kind of, it's got like this gold... <laughs> band thing holding a bun but then she's also got a ponytail so it's like a half ponytail half bun it's really weird that's so funny it's like it's a half half updo I I don't know, but I kind of like it. I like it better than Emma Watson's hair in this scene in the movie. Her, she just didn't have enough f- fullness to her hair to make this style look good, I felt like, personally. Uh, I don't even remember what her hair looked like. It's okay. It's not worth remembering. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no offense, Emma Watson. But, um, <laughs> I didn't mean to be so mean. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that meanly. I'm just saying. It's okay. She didn't do it. could have done a little better with her hair. Oh, also, real quick. Sorry, I'm rewatching it really quick. Those little cherubs on the ceiling, they move. I forgot about that. Yeah, creepy. Creepy. Is that like part of the magic of the curse? Yeah. Or what? I've never liked that part. We talked a little bit about that. And I was like, mm, no, I just, I don't know why they put it in there. It's just kind of creepy. I don't get it. It doesn't really fit in with anything else besides that there's a fantasy painting on a castle ceiling. Okay, and from the ceiling shot of the floor and the chandelier and everything, I'm pretty convinced that is a harpsichord. Harpsichord. Anyway, okay, that's all my notes. I'm not going to say anything else. (laughs) Oh, wait, that wasn't even the minute I was supposed to be watching. You watched the wrong. We've been talking about the wrong. No, no, the one that we're talking about. I watched the right one. The one I just watched right now, two seconds ago, wasn't the right one. Yeah, yeah, with the cherubs and stuff. I was like, okay, we're going back a little bit. Sorry, sorry, my bad. I just really wanted to talk about it. No, just kidding. But not anyway. I think I think that's all I've got. Um, I had a note on here about Lumiere shushing the candelabra and kind of making all the lights dim. Heighten the mood. Dim those lights. Like, is he directing the other people that are candles or is he controlling all the candles that are um, candles? Well, I was thinking he was directing the candles. He 
he's directing them or controlling them? Controlling them. That's what I mean. Controlling them. Well, because it, and what does he say in uh, Be Our Guest with my fellow mm. candlesticks? Does that mean? Yeah. They're, I don't know. Well, I have no idea. That could, I could see that going either way. Yeah, though. I know. Like, me I'm too. a candlestick. Yeah. None of the other ones have faces. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Not hugely important, but no. awesome, awesome minute. Yeah. Thanks, y'all, for listening. We've had a great time talking about this today and hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. This one's a little shorter than we've been doing recently, but not definitely not one of our shortest episodes. No. I think we hit all the important parts, so you're not missing anything. We didn't leave anything important out. It's good. good. The only thing that would have made this more awesome is if we could have gotten some of the people that made this. Oh, I know, right? I was hoping for Angela Lansbury (laughs) or, you know, James Baxter. Right? You know, we'll just call her up. Hey, Angela. Can you just come on our podcast real quick? I know you don't yeah. have anything going on, but... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Thank you guys so much for listening. We want to thank Megan the Cartoonist for doing the artwork for our cover. We appreciate her. She's super talented. If y'all want to see more of her work, go check her out on social media. Also, thank you Duo Hansen for letting us use your music on our podcast. And y'all can find more music that they have covered on YouTube as well. If y'all want to get a hold of me, you can find me at JanaeHyatt.com. Shoot me a message on there. And if you would like to get a hold of us or of Bobby specifically, you can check us out at GrowlerMedia.com. Bobby will see any messages you send us through the website. And of course, we are always on Facebook where you can talk to us. we have a listeners group that is awesome and you should join us there where we share the minutes that you can watch before you listen to the podcast and get all that much more out of it yes yes oh i forgot i was gonna say definitely go join the listeners group because I've got like, I think like three or four different things I'm going to post in there for you to check out. Like a live version of this song. Ooh, wait, which live version are you going to do? I think... Because there is a live version that I really like, a cover that I really like of this song. It's very good. And it's it's like a poppy version, but it's not the traditional Celine Dion, People Bryson one that Ariana Grande and John Legend basically just copied which I was kind of annoyed with. I was like, guys, do your own (laughs) spin. That's what I like about this one that I want to share. No, no, no. They no, can't no, be no. original. Not allowed. Um, let me see. That was hold the on, biggest problem. They weren't original enough in the remake. Although if they had been, there would have been uproar about that. Okay, so I've got a live version that Angela Lansbury did, just a live performance. Uh-huh. And then I've also got one with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Ooh. And then, like I said, I've got some videos of like how they made the scene and pencil tests and just like a lot of cool stuff. Yay! So be sure to go on Facebook, look for Beauty and the Beastly Minute listeners library. Ask to join. We will approve you because you're not a robot. (laughs) And then you can check it out. And we post lots of screenshots and stuff from the minute there as well. So until next time. I know you thought you couldn't share this podcast, but it's it's bittersweet and strange. (laughs) (laughs) You're wrong. You can't. I don't know. Oh, we struggle. Hey, if it ain't Baroque, don't fix it. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm... All reliable. Oh, yeah.
Wow, something is really different on the growler. Here we go. One, two, one, two. Okay. Okay. One. I didn't even think of a thing. Horrible. <laughs> um. I don't know what, we, what you did for the last two. Oh, when I re when I watched the ones that y'all did last week or last time or whatever, I was like, oh, I didn't even realize I was missing this song. I know. We started recording them and I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> going to be so upset. I was so sad. I was like, why? <laughs> life. Uh. Stupid life. Oh my gosh. I have goosebumps. Magic. Do you believe in magic? There is a controversy. Hope for not going to bed, little sneak. Bling -a -bing. <laughs> what is that? It's like it's a half half up do. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's not worth remembering. <laughs> I mean, no offense, Emma Watson. But um, <laughs> I didn't mean to be so mean. I'm sorry. Creepy. Creepy. Hey, Angela. Can you just come on our podcast real quick? All right, Janae, do you want to do you want to take us out? Sure. Um, if I can remember everything you say. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. No, you're fine. Um, anyway, wait, what did I say? Did I say us the I duo, smell. or did I say Hanson duo? I'm pretty sure you said duo Hanson. Duo Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can cut that part out. I'm keeping your bones.